belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for February 27th, 2022 is called Take Care. The teacher is John Ray and the location is Clap Auditorium, Mount Sequoia in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Again, welcome. My name is John Ray to Grace Church. If you're listening on the podcast, watching on the live stream, we're really glad that you're here. 15 years ago, almost to the day, I was standing in front of a group of eager students in Kiev in the Ukraine. The YWAM base at that time was a boat docked up on the one of the little tributaries of the river that runs through town. And I pulled those pictures out on my computer and I was scrolling through them looking at the faces while the images of the bombings and the tanks and the things were scrolling across the TV screen. And I would look back and forth between the soldiers on the screen and pictures of these kids. And I wondered... Are they some of the soldiers now? Are they some of the ones preparing to defend this? Um, And it was a mixed group. It was a group that had come down from Minsk and Belarus, and there could be soldiers on both sides of this conflict with that. It seems all so far away, and yet for me and for many of us here, it seems very, very close. Those people that you see on the screen, those are people that, that we've traveled in trains with, Jane and I, and shared jokes and dreamt dreams and eaten pizza with, played jokes on each other with. The crisis there is now obvious. And I don't want to diminish in any way our need to pay attention to what is happening in a healthy way. We need to pay attention. And we need to do everything that we can, responding sacrificially, like I said, both sacrificially in our giving, but also sacrificially in our willingness to endure discomfort here. That that is a form of sacrificing, of enduring, is being willing to endure that discomfort. But also I want us to do this, as as we get into the teaching, I want us to see this as an opportunity to also pay attention to what is close at hand. Also an opportunity to really look and go, what is happening here? And what is happening now? Because this is not an either-or situation. We often think that, that that way, like, oh, that's over there. We need to be focused totally over there. And then something will happen here, and we're like, oh, that draws our attention back here. We need to just focus. No, we, we need to learn to be attentive in both spaces. And while that may sound overwhelming, overwhelming stick with me, because I, I think there is a way to do this. I find it really interesting that all this is, comes as we start this season of Lent, a time we're all invited to engage in this very practice of attentiveness. We're invited to stop, to take stock, to make the necessary adjustments in our hearts, our minds, our lives, to confess, to repent, and to have our faith renewed. But all this starts with taking a deep look at Jesus listening to and responding to his clear instructions. 
And we're going to look today and this week at maybe one of the most overlooked of those instructions. So, we've been teaching about Jesus around the table, about the interactions that Jesus has with people that focus somehow around gathering for food, gathering to eat, this basic function. And today we see one of the most famous meals in all of Scripture, um, the Last Supper is how we refer to it. But I'm going to read the text, and then we're going to give the, a partial paraphrase, at least, of what we have um, been doing these past weeks. So let's look at this. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his time had come to depart from the world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, Now he now loved them to the very end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, that he should betray Jesus. Because Jesus knew that the Father had handed all things over to him, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he got up from the meal, removed his outer clothes, took a towel, tied it around himself, poured water into the wash basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to dry them with the towel he had wrapped around himself. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus responded, you do not understand what I am doing now, but you will understand after these things. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, if I do not wash you, you have no share of me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, wash not only my feet then, but also my hands, my head. Jesus replied, the one who is already bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not every one of you. For Jesus knew the one who was going to betray him. For this reason, he had said, not every one of you is clean. So when Jesus had washed the feet and he put his outer clothing back on, he took his place at the table again and he said to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord. It's interesting, he doesn't stop to see if they answer. He just keeps going. (laughs) You call me teacher and Lord and do so correctly, for that is what I am. If I then, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you too ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you an example. You should do just as I have done to you. I tell you the solemn truth. The slave is not greater than his master, nor the one who sent the messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Y'all, we need to see here clearly, Christianity is a one-another religion. This is one of the primary things that sets it apart from other philosophies and other religions, is that it is a one-another religion. Almost every other religion is either totally focused on something giving towards God that detaches the person from others and focuses solely on God, or it's a total self-help religion, it's a total detachment religion, it's something that's all about the self. Those are the extreme that we're constantly being pulled towards. Christianity steps into this space and does something radically different. It says, yes, you want to serve God, love each other. There's no ambiguity here. Even though we want to make it ambiguous. Or we want to do it in such a way where we can control it. We want to somehow set up a system of merit that draws us closer to God by our works. Ignoring other people along the way. 
or we so want to, to leave that part out and just focus on self in a detachment way, it also disregards other people. Jesus will have none of it. Christianity at its core is a one another religion. And taking care of each other, especially in the most mundane and difficult ways, has to be the hallmark of following Jesus. Now we talked a lot in the teaching team is what is the modern day equivalent of foot washing? Tim Holland really wanted me to bring him up here and wash his feet as an example of this this week. But uh, we declined to do that. Because we don't wash each other's feet here, do we? That's not part of our culture. We don't, we read it and it becomes like this religious imagery. Or even if we do engage in foot washing, which some Christian traditions do, it becomes a religious ritual. Not a mundane, everyday ritual. So, so I rewrote, now I, I paraphrase this. We've been, this, as we've been looking at these, we, each week we paraphrase. Last week we did something a little bit different, but this week I'm going to go back to paraphrasing. And I'm just going to take parts. You're going to notice I leave out the part about Jesus, Judas Iscariot because that's a whole, we just don't have time to get into that part. So, but here's the paraphrase that I think captures what's going on. Jesus got up from the table, grabbed some cleaning supplies, and headed into the bathroom. Peter followed him, wondering if everything was okay. As Jesus bent down and started scrubbing the toilet, <clears throat> Peter jumped in. Lord, let me do that. There's no way you should have to clean this place after we've all been in here. Jesus glanced over his shoulder and said, Peter, if you don't let me do this, there's no way you're going to get anything else that I'm doing. Peter then blurted, well, if that's the case, there's dishes in the kitchen sink and there's floors that need to be scrubbed. At this, Jesus rubbed his neck and replied, look, Peter, right now this is the thing that needs attention. The rest is good for now. After he finished and washed up, Jesus headed back to the table. He sat back down and said to them, do y'all understand what's happening here? Y'all call me teacher and Lord for good reason. That's what I am. And if I can go to work with the Clorox and the toilet brush, after y'all have been in there, none of you should think you're too good to do the same. Y'all ought to be looking out for ways like this to help each other out. A big title or a high position doesn't mean you're better than anyone else. If you're going to go into this world carrying my name, you better get it in your head that that doesn't exempt you from caring for others just like I've cared for y'all. If you remember this one thing, you're going to be all right with the rest. There's a lot going on here, y'all. There's a lot going on here. But we can't miss the emphasis here. Christianity is a one another religion. It is about considering, you see it all through the epistles, right? Consider each other's burdens as equal to your own with that. You're not, to, you're not to be like the Gentiles who lord it over other people. But you're to serve one another with this. But we're human, right? And so it's so easy just to fall back into structures and hierarchies and and, and, you know, well, I'm better than that, or, you know, I'm beyond that, or I hire someone to do that, or all these different things. And, and I'm not saying we all have to do everything, right? 
we've been talking a lot about this over the weeks. Um, and I really, even even last week's message, I, I really didn't give enough credit to Laura, who, who as we were preparing the message, came back and really brought into this idea when we talked. So last week we talked about Mary and Martha, and we talked about the idea that Mary was able to sit with Jesus and how this was a, just an incredibly revolutionary thing for a woman to be able to do that. And I didn't get this, but Laura immediately saw, thought this thing, oh, well, so you mean I get to be a disciple and still do all the mom stuff? Like, that doesn't sound like freedom. That's one more thing to do. And like we said last week, I think Jesus says, he turns to us, he says, y'all figure it out. How are you going to do this? Are you going to add one more thing to the woman's plate? Or are you going to pay attention to what needs to happen? Are you going to figure out a new way of doing this? Where, yeah, every, people have roles, people have gifts, people have ways to serve. We're not all going to do everything. But are we going to do it oriented around Jesus? Are we going to do it oriented around gifts and callings? Not the dictates of culture. Not the way things supposed to be with that. And, and it's demonstrated so clearly here. We, again, we don't understand foot washing and we certainly don't understand the humiliation that Jesus was taking on himself. He was being humble, but it was a humiliating task to wash feet. No leader, no mentor, no rabbi would have done that. You got the exemption when you got your rabbi card from doing it. I remember as a kid, um, when we, were, we would be out in the country, and uh, it was always the youngest kid that had to get the gate. I don't know if anybody else liked that on the farm, right? Like, youngest kid has to get the gate, right? And I, just, it was, I was so glad when there was someone younger in the car, and I just got to sit back, you know? Oh, there's somebody younger. I don't have to get out and get the gate, right? Like, like we think that way, right? Like, we progress. We have this whole imagination of upward ascendancy, of growing out of, moving on from these menial things, and, and having power over so that we don't have to do those things. Jesus turns all this on its head. He's demonstrating, he says, that's not the way of the kingdom. That's not the way of the kingdom with this. So it's interesting because there's, there's this last line where he goes, if you know these things and do these things, you'll be blessed. In the Greek, it's just, they're almost, the words are right next to each other almost. Know, do, blessed. And so the temptation even here is to go, okay, well, let's make a formula out of it. Okay, so if it's not that I get smarter and get a degree or get a position that I get out of those things, let's do it the other way. Let's just turn it into a Christian formula. Know, do, blessed, Right? Well, we got to be careful even there. We, we really have to be careful even there. Because I don't think that's what's being laid out here. Is there a correlation between knowing and doing and blessing? Yes. Is it wrong to want to be blessed? No. But, again, we have to be careful of just making it another system that we can manipulate and control. We have to understand the spirit in which Jesus is doing this. Of humility and of learning through doing it. 
The reality of this, it's much more complex than just A plus B equals C. Jesus does promise a blessing, but we have to also understand that a critical part of the story is who is doing the washing. Who is doing the foot washing is Jesus. I said a couple weeks ago, I may have said it last week, it's not our sin that separates us from God, but our self-righteousness. And a bunch of y'all responded and said, wow, I've never heard that. One of the reasons why self-righteousness is so toxic in this whole thing is it keeps us from receiving from Jesus. One of the, one of the most, Will Willimon said this, he was, he's a, a Methodist preacher, but he said, one of the most offensive things to the modern competent person is grace. We don't want to have to have grace. We want God to love us, but we want God to love us because we deserve it. We want God to love us because we've earned it. We want God to, I want God to love me because I'm better than that guy. I want God to love me because I'm inherently lovable. Yeah, everybody needs a little help. I, I, I need a little help from Jesus every once in a while, but really, I'm okay. You know, I'm with that. And this grace of Jesus just offends that because Jesus is like, I want it all. I want the good, the bad, the ugly. I want where you hate me. I want where you love me. I want where you're indifferent towards me. I want it all. I don't just want your praise. I don't want just your good works. I want all of it. I want all of you. And he demonstrates this by getting down on his knees and scrubbing our toilets. That part that we're probably the most repelled by, disgusted by, whatever it is, whether it's toilets or something, that, that thing, Jesus takes a rag to it with his own hands. Cleans it up for us. And he says, if you don't let me do this for you, you don't, none of the other stuff matters. It's not that you're like cut off from it. It's just you don't even want it. It doesn't work. So we have to receive in this, and that's where it starts. And that's what gives us the power to do it for others. We're not going to just go do nice things for other people because we're good people or nice people. You might for a while. It won't last. The source can't be yourself. The source is in what God is doing for us. Did for us, doing for us, will do for us. God doing for us, if we will receive it. That empowers us then to give freely. To give without expectation of being given back to. Um, I, I think... I, I, I'm trying not to embarrass anybody here, but the way the way Tasha and Teresa have served these past couple of years, the selflessness with which they have served this church. I, we don't put it in the learning guide. There's no videos on YouTube about it. There's no TikToks or anything promoting it here. But let me tell you, we would not be meeting here today without them. I don't know that we would have stayed together. And I'm, and I'm just picking on them because we're honoring them for what they've done. There's a lot of other people too. 
okay? So I'm not ignoring other people. I just, it's hard for me to imagine us surviving without their selfless service with that. And that's just kind of one another. It's not sexy, y'all. It doesn't make good Facebook posts. It doesn't make exciting reels. It's just the reality. And you've done it. And people are doing it every day. So that's the other thing is, so it, this is a really hard message to preach because there's a ton of you in here who are doers. There's a ton of you in here who are already doing this stuff. And you may receive this like, oh, I got to do more. I got to do more. Because that's your heart. That's the way you, that's the way you respond. That's your, your service is you do that. And so you hear this encouragement. You go, I'm going to do more. I'm going to do more. And, and probably what you need to hear is rest. Okay? Take a break. Rest. Hear the part about Jesus serving you. Be okay with that. Then there's a whole other group, probably that I'm more in, that hears, man, this is a great sermon for someone else. I know so-and-so really needs to hear this sermon. Instead of realizing it's for me. That this message is for me. I need to reevaluate. Where am I really looking out for people? Where am I really willing to do this without acclamation, without affirmation with this? <clears throat> the other thing is we have to realize it's real easy to romanticize this. And it's, it's funny, almost the further away, the more romantic it gets. The less I know a person, right? We're all watching the Ukraine. Be, look, we're going to give to the Ukraine, okay? I want you to pay attention. Believe me, it's real. But it's super easy to romanticize, hey, I'm going to send my money over there. I don't, you really don't know anybody there. You don't know exactly who the money's going to, but you give it and you feel like you've done your good deed. And you're done. For 30 years, Jane and I have been taking people to build houses in Mexico, going on mission trips in different places. Look, if anybody's guilty of this, I am. Okay, so I'm... I'm and, and I'm not saying don't do those things, but I, like, it's like what I said earlier, it's, it's both and. Those experiences that when we go and serve somewhere else should tune our hearts more closely to pay attention to who's right next door with that. And likewise, it should work the other way, right? That when we're, we're, we're giving honestly to the people, and I'm looking around right now, there's a lot of people who can't even come on Sunday morning because they're a single parent in the family. They can't, even, they can't even make it here right now. We need to turn and tune to those right around us. It is a both and thing with this. And here's the other thing is, so we need to be free of the romanticism we need to understand that it's both and, and we also need to understand that it's not about earning. And it's not about fixing a problem. This is not that, hey, we're going to organize all this stuff, and then we're going to address all these things, we're going to fix all these problems, and then we're going to be done, and then we're going to rest. Super tempting to think that way, right? Especially the organizers, the strategists among us, who are like, okay, let's get a flow chart, 
let's start a group, let's do a thing, let's get it funded, let's put the stuff behind it. None of that's bad, unless we're looking at it like, okay, you're, you're just a problem to be fixed. Or the problem that you have is just something for us to fix so we can check it off our box and move on. We are called to serve as a way of learning about Jesus. We need to serve. This is, and again, this is what in, reinforces this idea of, of approaching it humbly, right? Is that I'm doing this, yes, I'm doing this for someone else, but I'm also doing it, not selfishly, but out of necessity that there is something that I can only learn by serving. I cannot learn it any other way. I cannot develop that muscle any other way. I have to do this to learn about Jesus. Remember, it's not about earning, it's about learning. And Jesus demonstrates this. He says, you want to learn about me? Watch. He gets down and scrubs the toilet. Wash his feet. And he says, now, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to carry my name out there, if you're going to do this, go and do the same. Figure it out. Where do we need to do this? How do we need to do this? We're not going to do it the world's way. We're not going to do it by... You know, certain people get plumb positions because they're whatever. No, we're, we're all going to do it. We're going to figure this out together with this. Look, there is, no way to there is no way to exist in this world without leaving something behind for someone else to clean up. There's a great blog post in the Learning Guide Teresa put in this week. And there's this line. She says, she says, there's no way to exist in this world without leaving, leaving something behind for someone else to clean up. Okay. All of us make a mess. And, and there's messes I can't clean up. Um, I don't, but I, I can't help maybe with someone else's with that. At Grace Church here, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. We're going to take some time to reflect on this. At Grace Church, serving one another through hospitality, welcoming them to belong is a clear reflection of the call to care for one another. So when we say belong, become, believe, that belonging is part of is being cared for and is caring for one another. That's why, that, that's why there is no restriction on that. There's one, there's one door here. Everybody comes in. There's no pre-qualification for being part of this church. Everybody comes in. Everybody belongs. Everybody can belong. This practice of this forms us into the followers of Jesus we're supposed to be. And it also gives us revelation into the faith that we proclaim. But I want to emphasize one more thing as we, as we take communion here. And our communion table is open to everyone. We ask that you just space yourselves as you come up. You can take it. Take it as you get it. We're not going to take, don't wait. Just take it when you're ready. We're not going to take it together. Um, we do this as a reminder that it was first done for us. This is where it starts. It starts with what has been done for us and who has done that for us. And that's why we come to the table to receive. And that's why it's good for everybody. Everybody's welcome because Jesus welcomes everybody. So take that. Take that now, today, with the understanding 
of what is being done for you. And then go and emulate that in the world. We also take this time to reflect on this message. Listen, we all know you're going to walk out of here and you're going to be bombarded with everything else that you left on the other side of the door. So if there's something you need to do, write it down. If there's something that's spoken to you, write it down. If there's something you want to argue about, write it down. We'll argue about it. It's great. But don't let it get, a, get away from you as you leave. And then lastly, this is where we give our offering. We have our offering box, but you can also give online. And we do that because Christianity is a one another religion. We give because everybody's got something to give, and we receive because everybody's got something they need. So it's a, it's a practice that we do of this one another faith. So thank you for being here this morning. I know it's a lot today. Really grateful that everyone was here. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at gracechurchmwa.org. Grace and peace.